Chicago lives up to its nickname, the Windy City. Winds of up to 90 miles an hour bring the less hardy to a standstill or use them like a Scotsman's curling stones. Alley fight between Fitz and Combs. You both get to pick three all-time Sox and Cubs as part of your alley fight. My my number one draft pick is Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett, you're out of your mind. Like Michael, but did you see that right hook? Ask AJ Przezinski if he wants to get hit with that right hook. You can ask AJ Przezinski that. I will. <laughs> That's gonna be that such a podcast question. Ah, uh, shut up. Go to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Rebay has it. He throws. Out! Out! A White Sox winner and a World Championship! And welcome to Windy City Sports Talk. I am Brandon Combs alongside my co-host, Ryan Fitzgibbons. We have a lot to get to tonight, Ryan. We've got uh, the White Sox stuff to talk about. Uh, is Pedro Grafal a one-and-done type guy? We've got some some Cubs to talk about. They're they're on a move right now. They're they're almost back to five hundred. Uh, then we've got some Blackhawks and some Bears to talk about. Pedro, uh, um, yeah, Pedro Grafal. Justin Fields in the in the top 100 of Pete Prisco's top Ooh. 100 ahead of some notable top quarterbacks. So we'll 100. talk about that. Yeah, top 100. He's number 78 too at that. So we'll definitely get to that. But before we do, if you miss any part of today's live broadcast, you can now catch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click the like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any feedback for us or have something you want us to talk about or any questions you want us to answer, you can email us now at combsandfits, all one word, combsandfits at gmail.com. My fucking minute is... <laughs> so what's going on, Fitzy, man? How you been oh, this last yeah. week? We're everywhere now. Very we are week in sports. Even when we cut off last week, it got interesting. And it got more interesting. Gonna- it always gets more interesting when you leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <anytime laughs> I stop talking. Yeah, things get interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting week in sports all around. I mean, the closer we get to the Bears, the more interesting they get. Uh, yeah. You know, the Sox stay interesting somehow, even though they're terrible. Um, uh, and the Cubs, you know, we're making another move still around where I thought they'd be. Uh, but I didn't think their division would be this bad. So, I mean, with St. Louis really not being good, it's so sort of weird when, when the team you think that's going to lead the division just sucks. Yeah. All the times they face the team in the division, although they face teams in the division less this year, but all the times (laughs) they face those teams, they lose, you know, other teams start to, 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 you know, uh, take on the mantle like uh well pittsburgh even though they're uh losing again to the cubs i think tonight or or milwaukee yeah. so yeah look it and you know what's funny is is people normally when you say hey look the cubs you know they swept pittsburgh then they took two out of three from uh, from the orioles normally on a normal year we would say something like yeah, it's the it's the Pirates and it's the it's the Orioles. However, the Pirates were the number one team in the division at the time that the Cubs swept them. They were mm-hmm. in first place, and the mm-hmm. Orioles had the second best record in the American League when they took two out of three. 
So it, the it's not like a, a typical. Well, maybe the Pirates are typical because they're they're still under five hundred, but the Orioles are are a really good ball club, and they've been playing really good ball. Um, Jeremiah Murray says your first place Cincinnati Reds. They are hot right now. Um, they just released Will Myers today too because of the kid that they called up. But I, the Cubs are. One of those teams, they're just playing good ball. They're healthy again. Uh, you get Hendo back. Hendo damn near pitches a no-hitter, his second start back off the, the IL. Um, he's a welcome addition to that starting rotation. Tyon is finally starting to pitch well again. Stroman's doing Stroman things. Justin Steele's healthy again. And we get Cody Bellinger back off the IL. Uh, and all of a let's sudden, get, this lineup starts taking off. The last one, let's not get so excited about Cody Bellinger. Well, he puts a, a a different look into that lineup, though. I mean, he really does. When you, when you add Cody Bellinger to that lineup, it sent Matt Mervis back down to AAA Iowa, and it it put a new look. It put a new. He's still a hitter that that pitchers have to be wary of. And You'd rather watch Cody Bellinger at bats than giving Matt Mer- Mervis some time. Yes, you know why? Because I believe. Matt Mervis right now is the same thing they did with Anthony Rizzo and the same thing that they did with Ian Happ a couple years ago is the same thing they just did with Matt Mervis. And Schwarber. And Schwarber. All of those guys came up. The difference between those guys and Matt Mervis, though, is that those guys had some success before they started mm-hmm. to fail, right? Matt Mervis didn't have any success. And and that was the difference that I have with, with Matt Mervis. I don't know how he's going to handle it. We'll see how he handles it. Uh, I hope he handles it well. Um, but he just hasn't been good since he came up to the major league level. So I'm I'm okay with with him going down, um, and, and I'm okay with Cody Bellinger right now playing first base. You know, the question is, you know, and where what do the Cubs do with guys like this? What do you do with Marcus Stroman at the deadline? What do you do with Cody Bellinger at the deadline? Because two weeks ago. It was for sure in my head, you're going to move these guys, right? Uh, Cody Bellinger on a one-year deal, having a an okay year, having a bounce-back year, and Marcus Stroman in a, in a contract year. You, I, I'm not a big fan of not still at this point. If you're not going to extend him, I'm not a fan of not dealing him because if you're going to let Marcus Stroman walk for nothing so that you can win a division at maybe 500 or just above 500 and still flame out in the playoffs, I'd rather get something in return for Stroman for the future. You got time to, you got another month and, and, and some change here. Like you don't need to do anything now and no one's really, there's only a few teams that are bad enough to start training trading now. I mean, the Sox aren't even bad enough to start trading. Um, you get some really desperate to closer to the end of July. Five weeks from now, you get them real desperate. You know, maybe the Cubs are still five, six games under 500. And and you deal Stroman then to somebody who's really desperate or even Bellinger. So Jeremiah Murray chimes into the chat and says, wait, it's a good thing they have left-handed power hitters. Someone alert the Sox immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Gavin Sheets isn't the guy. <laughs> I didn't know that after 500 at bats. Yeah, so I definitely, I definitely want to get into the socks here for sure. We're we're gonna get into it in just a minute. With the Cubs, are they are are you okay? If you were a Cubs fan, 
would you be okay, or if the Sox were in this situation that the Cubs are in right now, where they're playing good ball, they're probably going to be in contention for a bad division, but probably not going to compete for a World Series. Would you be okay with them standing pat, maybe even adding a piece at this point? Because you, you've got to give something up to add a piece. you got to remember that, too. Yeah, it depends who you're giving up. I mean, it just depends who you're giving up. I, I think they're going to stay pat. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get a lot. I mean, maybe for Stroman, but for any of these other guys, I don't think you're going to get much. I mean, maybe somebody gets desperate and one of their uh, center fielders goes down and they think Bellinger is the difference, but that's a hard Bellinger's going to have to have a month, a historic month for me to think that you're going to get something for that. That's worth it. Uh, can't hurt though. And if you think Stroman's like a part of your future, you know, why get rid of him or you trade him, pump him, <laughs> uh, and then get him back, you know? Uh, yeah. Later, you know, but, and that's the thing too, is if you give up something, you're giving up PCA and what do the Cubs need more than they need anything else? They need a third baseman mm-hmm. and, a third baseman that's on the block right now. And I don't know if a deal would ever get done, but we talked about this the other day. I don't know if a deal will get done because of the two teams involved, but you're, you're talking about over there in St. Louis and his name's going to escape. Nolan Arenado is, is available and they're, they're, they're shopping him. They're shopping everybody in St. Louis right now. If you're the Cubs, do you want to give up a piece like like Pete Crow Armstrong yeah, or Brennan Davis they or could trade him though to anybody? I mean, right? I mean, they could trade him to anybody they want at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, the St. Louis can. I mean, there's a lot of other teams that'll be salivating for him. They're not going to give him to the Cubs. I just don't see that happening. But I mean, well, if you go down the list, what what team that's in contention needs a third baseman? You know what I mean? You start going down the list. I mean, the Pirates have Cabrian Hayes. The The Reds are set over at third base um, with, with their, I can't remember his name. They've got a young third baseman that they just, uh, they're running with. You know, you start looking over in the other, in the other league, like you start looking into the American League, you, you look at the, the Rays, they've got a third baseman. Um, they don't really add pieces like that um the red sox they have their third baseman and rafael devers the yankees they have their third baseman you start looking at all these yeah. other teams and and really the the team that makes the most sense for nolan arenado really is the cubs if they're going to add i just don't know if two things one will the cardinals trade to the cubs a piece like that and two would the cubs really want to have to see one of their young stud outfielders in st louis for the next five to ten years yeah i yeah i just don't see it happening on either way i I think you just try to improve at the edges see where this thing is gonna go uh you know and see what happens i mean uh they they really don't have uh what is his name Ellie or Eli De La Cruz, who's on the yeah, Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie does. They don't have a guy like that, and he's not in the minors anymore anyway. And it's no way the Reds are going to touch him. The whole league's looking at that guy play right now. So yeah, um, he's like a marketing gem for them. Uh, <laughs> they, they need it, you know. But and I, they and they just got Votto back last night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they're they're 
you know, doing pretty well in division, you know, definitely overachieving a little bit here, but not many teams are doing that in the uh, NL Central. But I, I think you just nibble at the edges at this point. You don't want to give away any pieces either way. Uh, I mean, if there's still a couple of games out of first come the end of July, why get rid of Bellinger? I mean, unless you you take the calls, obviously, but I don't think you're trying to ship anybody out at this point. Get get Give the guys you want. Uh, to get some some good you know experience, especially at the end of the line here, at the end of the season here, they get yeah. experience. You know, maybe being in a race for a few months. You know, maybe you don't make it. That's even better experience. Like, why didn't you make it? What did you do wrong? What can we do better next year? The guys have that taste of winning in their mouths a little bit. Yeah. And Jeremiah Murray says uh, you don't give up any major prospects right now unless you're getting a young guy you can lock down. Don't sacrifice the future. Well, here's and here's why I went to outfield prospects, Jeremiah, is because the Cubs are kind of rich in the outfield right now. If they can afford to give away a piece, it would be an outfield piece because you do have Brennan Davis. You do have Pete Armstrong. Uh, you have the Alcantara kid out there in double A right now. Um, you know, you've kill got somebody. all of these pieces. You don't yeah, No, the other Alcantara, the one that didn't kill somebody. Um, and, and then you, you know, in the, in the up and coming, I mean, we got the kid that was here in Mount Carmel coming up as a shortstop. Um, I can't think of his name right now, right off the top of my head. But they got the kid that they picked up from Mount Carmel in Chicago a couple years ago in the draft, and he's starting to kill it over in single A and double A right now, too. So I think Not that if they were to give up a piece, name. it would be one one of those outfield pieces you could give up and be okay. Yeah, but none of those guys are really killing it. I mean, well, not, PCA's I mean, who, turned it down over the last couple of weeks. PCA is, hey, he's had a nice little stretch. Um, if I would rather not move, if I'm going to move a guy, I'm going to move Brennan Davis, who's coming off a of back surgery. If I'm going to give up a piece, I'm going to try to give up that piece. Um, and maybe a, a couple of other, you know, prospects that, that I'm, I'm okay on, but not high on. Um, I, I, again, I don't think they're going to get Arenado for that. Yeah. For like a reliever, maybe a starter who can pitch yes. through the, the later months. Yeah. Okay. So, somebody that can come in and take over for Michael Fulmer. <laughs> <laughs> we know how I feel about Michael Fulmer. <laughs> Speaking of how I feel, let's talk about the team that is near and dear to your heart. And that team is the Chicago White Sox. Oh, I thought it's... we were going to talk about the Rays. <laughs> you did say the other day you are really close to becoming a Tampa Bay Rays fan and jumping ship and jumping off of this White Sox bandwagon. Team in the league. We saw something last week, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I didn't know about it until after we got off the podcast um, doing the live stream. I didn't realize what the A's fans were doing in Oakland. I got off. I started watching the Cubs game. And the Cubs broadcast was talking about what they were doing. So I turned it over and you've got 30,000 fans, 30,000 fans in Oakland, which they haven't seen that in probably three or four years for one game, 30,000 fans with shirts that say sell. And they're all chanting, sell the team in between innings the entire time. Is that what White Sox fans need to do? Uh... <laughs> 
for those of you just listening, this is the Selva team Jerry sign. Uh, the only problem with that, with the White Sox, the only problem with that, uh, and I could keep the sign up as I talk, I suppose. <laughs> the only problem with that is that you could say he's trying to get to, you know, you know, to be in second place. Like we talked about, there was that, uh, you know, rumor that he told one of the other, uh, told an old GM to, you know, just get into second place. You'll give the carrot out there for the fans. You don't have to overpay for players, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he's actually trying to win. I mean, he's 87 years old at this point. Uh, they, we can have a, a sort of, reverse boycott like the A's had, but we're not going to be, uh, when we're doing that, we're not going to be, uh, it's not because he didn't buy any players. He, they did actually try to win or at least somewhat try to win. You could say whether they tried hard enough or not, or they could have done other things. We've obviously had those conversations before, but they're trying to win. What the A's owner is doing is completely different. I mean, he's not trying to win, right? And he's trying to go to, to Vegas. I I feel for for you and for for White Sox fans um because it, it's hard for me to watch and and I'm not a diehard Sox fan. I do, I do like the Sox I, and I will watch the Sox. It they're just it's hard to watch right now and here's here's where I disagree with you. I don't think Jerry cares about winning. I don't think he wants to win. I don't think he's trying to win. And the White Sox in in the fan base right now is exactly where the Blackhawks fan base was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Waiting for Bill Wirtz to either sell the team or die because he just kept hiring guys that he was friends with. He kept, he, he wouldn't get rid of guys, bring guys in that could really turn around the team. He wouldn't do the things that you needed guys to do to, to win. And, and Jerry isn't doing that. Jerry, Jerry brings in yes men. Jerry doesn't give, he hasn't given Rick Hahn. He hasn't given these guys the ability to just go do what they need to do to win. When they had a chance to go get AJ Hinch, he said, Nope, go get my guy, Tony LaRussa. Cause I want to write a wrong from 40 years ago. And, and I should have never fired him. And I want to win a title with him. Bad decision. Then you finally say, all right, you know what? We do need to get rid of Tony LaRussa. They talk him into it. And everybody in the world knows the best person for this job was Ozzy Guillen. And you go and get a guy in Pedro Grafal, who no, nothing against Pedro Grafal for taking the job. Nobody else was going to offer him a job. His own team changed managers twice and didn't offer him the job. Yeah. But here's Jerry. You know what? I like this guy. Let's let's hire him. And you know why? Because Pedro Grafal is a yes man. Pedro Grafal is not a guy who is going to want a say in anything. I will do what you need to do. Just sign my check, Jerry. That's what Pedro Grafal is. And he's showing it in his interviews lately, too. Pedro Grafal is not a major league manager. He is not cut out to make big decisions. He is not cut out to, to run a team, especially a winning team right now at this point in his life, Pedro Grafal, Jerry 
Reinsdorf and, and Rick Hahn and all everybody who put this together. These guys are not going to win. And what are you going to do? You're going to rebuild again? You're going to rebuild again, Jerry? And who's going to run it? Because I don't trust you to hire anybody that can run it. Yeah, I don't think he can rebuild this team. I mean, the only thing I'll say uh, different from that is this was Rick Hahn's hire. I mean, I, I really believe that. I really believe this was Rick Hahn's hire and not Jerry's hire. One, two, they're spending over $200 million on this team. It's not that. I think it's ego is what's losing it for them. That's why they brought in La Russa. Oh, anybody can manage this team. That's how good we are. That's how well we scouted. That's how good our, our, our international scouts were, which were pr pretty decent. They got some decent talent internationally, but this they have sort of tried or at least gave the appearance of trying. It's not like in Oakland. I mean, yes, should they sell the team? Yes, he's obviously not on the cutting edge. Never really was. But I've always said it in the pitching side. They've always uh, they've always been. I wouldn't say revolutionary, but they've always been a team I trusted. I don't even know if I trust them there anymore. I mean, I I think this is a team that uh, right now is definitely underachieving. But I don't think I don't think it was because like he had this all dialed up and he, yes, it didn't matter to him. I think it somewhat matters to him. Like he does have some kind of ego, but I think it's the ego that's taking it too far. And yes, maybe there is not caring somewhere in that in that frame. Maybe there is. Hey, yeah, I don't I don't give a shit anymore. Uh, I think I am right about this and I'm going to do what I want. Maybe there's some of that, like you were saying, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if it's the same as in Oakland. I don't, I think he's got too much pride to do that. What he's doing in Oakland. And I don't think he necessarily would want to leave, uh, you know, the South side that, that, that ship sailed. So, I mean, but I think they, I think he should sell the team and I think somebody should get in his ear. I mean, at 87 years old, it's enough. If this is, if this is Rick Hans higher, Rick Hahn needs to be fired as well. Rick Hahn needs to be let go because you you brought in a guy who, again, his own team would not give him the position. A team that he had been with for years would not give him a, a team that he won a World Series with would not give him the position. And you gave him the position over a guy who everybody in the world knows is more qualified. And in Jeremiah and Downing Thomas both say Tony LaRusa, you know, left because he was sick. If you guys believe that, then then you guys just maybe you didn't look deep enough into the story. Okay. Because he got he got sick at a time where every he they were losing and they needed to move on and they weren't going to publicly let him go. So they found a loophole. Yeah. They, they, he Tony Larusa had health had health issues. He should have never been hired for health reasons. He did, but he did not leave for health reasons. Um, Tony Larusa was in Pedro Grafal is doing the same thing Tony Larusa did. Why why are you betting Jake Berger eighth? I don't know. If you don't like it, go 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 talk to uh, Jerry. Well, okay. Why are you walking a guy on one and two? Well, that's the right thing to do. What like what, what are you talking about? It doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't matter where I put him in the lineup. He's still going to get his four at-bats. No, he actually he only got three at-bats. And it's statistically, if you're batting eighth in the lineup, you're going to have a hell of a lot less at-bats throughout the course of a season. That's why the best hitters top and hit in the top half of the lineup, because in the top half of the lineup, through a full season, you're going to have 30 to 35 more at-bats than everybody else. 
Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Why do you have one of your best hitters not there? At least your best power hitter, and you could take every home run you can get at this point. I, I do agree with that. And I mean, it's it's one lineup. I'm not I, I am not going to jump on this guy as of yet. Has he made a lot of really bad mistakes? Hell yeah, he is. Really bad mistakes. Keeping Ronaldo in to be your closer was a really bad mistake, especially in the beginning of the year when the games actually counted, which now it's kind of like, yeah, I I don't know. I just don't see it happening with this team. It doesn't matter if there were three games in first place. I just don't see it happening. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different, I mean, I think has he made mistakes? Yeah. I would have liked to see him. Yeah. Get an AJ Hinge, somebody who's done it before somebody who knows what to do in situations like that. I mean, Pedro's been doing it from the bench for a while. So maybe, yeah, he he probably isn't the guy. All I'm saying is we're at 70 something games in. We're already saying he's a terrible manager. I'm not ready to go there yet. I mean, baseball is a difficult sport. Like I said last week, it's, it's even hard to watch, but I had this team at 90 plus wins. I know at the beginning of the season, you had them at 90 plus wins at the beginning of the season. (laughs) They are, they are 11 games under 500 right now. And if they want to finish the season at 500, the rest of the way, they're going to have to go 50 and 38, 12 games above 500, the rest of the way, just to get back to 500 at the end of the season. Oh, 50 and 38, just to get back to 500. Yeah. And that probably wins you the division. (laughs) It it probably does, but they're, they're not going to do that. No. This team is not going to do that. And 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 you that is why I believe Pedro Gafal is going to be one and done. You can't you can't take this team that is the most talented team on paper in the division. You can't take this team go under 500 or even 500 and still keep your job. And you can't start rebuilding this thing with the same front office. And I don't have any trust in Jerry to hire the right front office to rebuild. The White Sox are stuck in a black hole right now. They really are. I mean, I I would be worse if it was like uh, they had no pieces. I mean, they at least have some pieces to trade away. I think Jerry, I think there's a decent chance he'll actually sell the team now. So I wouldn't say it's it, it's it's not pitch black. It's like an off black. <laughs> it, it, you're in a black hole and you can see the star. You can see the stars up above. Yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, there is there is outs here. If, if you get the right people together, if you have the, you know, the right ownership come in that doesn't ship them to Las Vegas. You know, before <laughs> Oakland can, I guess. Uh, I mean, there is some outs here, but. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good when you are the number one team in the league um, of of losing fans. When when you're winning those awards, that's a problem. Yeah, a, a report just came out uh, recently where they've lost more fans this year than any other team. So that's less fans going to the game than any other team. They're about 13, 14 last year. They're in the 20s now. I think they were 25, 26 last I checked. Uh, yeah, no one's going to games and and really why would they and and like you like you've said before i mean this is a it's a blue collar crowd i mean and uh they're not going to go to games if they don't uh, yeah, they're not winning games and it's it showed right now i mean they're they're probably one of the we're probably we well i guess i'm part of the fan base we're probably the number one team in the league and leaving a fan <laughs> leaving a team when they're not playing well 
Yeah, and I look, I don't know what's going on with guys like Tim Anderson, who I've said before is right now easily in the top three players on my list right now in all of baseball to watch play when he's right because he is that exciting. He's not that guy right now. And he doesn't have anybody. This organization, he came out and told everybody last week, hey, look, I've been dealing with personal issues. It's it's nobody spoke up about it. Nobody came to like they're not not Rick Hahn, not not Kenny. Nobody came up and said, Hey, look, we understand he's going through some things. We've got your back. We will do whatever we've got to do to make sure he gets right. We will do what we nothing. It was radio silence, just like it was radio silence last year when they announced he was going to the freaking all-star game, and like one guy in the locker room clapped. Like there is something wrong with this team. There is something wrong with the guys in the locker room. There is something wrong with the front office. There's clearly something wrong with the owner. This team needs a complete overhaul. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's lack of leadership, but I do know one thing is for certain. If this job was given to Ozzie Guillen and not Pedro Grafal, it'd be a completely different team this year. I don't know. I don't think... It's You're out of your mind. There's no way Ozzie Guillen would let these guys act like this. Make sure his teams don't get hurt. I mean, yes, you could talk about acting. Yeah, maybe he could have poured some water on that. But are, are his players not going to get hurt? I mean, these guys get hurt calling for the safe sign running to first base. I mean, are these guys not going to get hurt? I mean, I just. They don't want to play. You could, t- you could see it in Tim Anderson's antics when he's on the field. He doesn't want to play. Then he's not going to want to play on any team. Then, then he's not going to want to play on any team. For I disagree. Then I just he, I, he wanted to play when he was he wanted to play when he was in Iowa when he hit that walk off home run, the bat yeah. flips, the things that they were doing when they were playing against teams like Minnesota and Detroit, and and how he he wanted to play baseball. Then something happened during the Tony Larusa era last year. Tim Anderson lost it lost his love for the game, whether it was the stuff going on with his wife and his mistress and that, you know, everything else, or whether it was the fact that you had the walking dead managing your team and you knew it was going nowhere. And then they bring in another guy that you don't believe in, that you don't respect and you know, it's going nowhere. He wants to go somewhere else. If you put Tim Anderson, you, you send him over to trying to think of a team right now that, that is in contention. I would, not the, the Tampa Bay Rays or, or just gonna uh, blow up. the Cincinnati Reds. And Tim Anderson is, want him? Once the chips are down, this guy's going to fold like, like lawn furniture. Like why the hell would they want Tim Anderson right now? Why? I think he would be re-energized and he not would be the old it. Tim. Tim Anderson is soft as a cabbage patch. <laughs> Doubting Thomas also said, burn it that's, down, Combs. That's really good. That's really, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> cabbage patch kids. That's really going to our demographic for sure. Doubting Thomas also said, Tony LaRusso would have turned this team around. Yeah, and then Jeremiah Doubting Murray him. responded with, Doubting Thomas, he wouldn't turn the team around because he was drunk driving the bus in the wrong direction. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jeremiah Muriel said he ejaculated in seven women. That's the problem right there. A woman could crawl in your brain. Have you ever seen the movie? I was trying to avoid that comment. The guy goes, he gets the alien on his face, and then later on he's eating, they're laughing, and then the alien busts out of his chest. 
Yes. Like, that's basically what a woman can do to you. That's what they did. That's what his woman did to his brain to get to, to, to get him back for fucking other chicks. I was going to say, careful. You're, what, you're married. Be careful on this subject. What are these women? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why do they all have to go on Twitter or Instagram to say this stuff? I mean, are people going to be like, I mean, if you're, let's just say you're a woman and this isn't a first stretch for you. <laughs> Let's say you're a woman. Let's say you're a woman. I mean, how is this putting you in in, in the right light by saying, you know, uh, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I fucked him. Like, you, there's a picture of him and his wife, and then you put on Instagram, I fucked him, and then you're dancing afterwards. It's like what? Yeah. No, I um. How do you spike that play? I'm completely with you. I I think it's. But I mean, I mean, that could be it. And if and if so, other guys compartmentalize. Other guys can get can get through it. I mean, see, how come guys didn't it? learn from from guys back in the day, like um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, or who was the one who who uh, slept with? Will was it Will Chamberlain? Kareem slept with all those. Women. Just just stay single. And do whatever you want to do. Nobody cares that Will Chamberlain was with 300 women because Will Chamberlain was not married at the time. However, these guys nowadays, they're married. They're in relationships. They're having babies. They're doing what they got to do. And then they're trying to get away with it on the side. In the day of social media. Pump the brakes. Like, stop. I, I met my wife later in life, and I'm so happy for that. But I always think back, like, if I would have just not messed with women for a while, I would have. I'd be a lot further on in success in my Dude, life. You're married. Stop it. What I, <laughs> I'm glad, I mean, I'm glad I met her now, but like if I would have not met with, with well, I was never with she's the first one. I was well, one. Sorry. Sorry, baby. Sorry. You better not clip this shit up and put it on Facebook now. <laughs> We're already live on Facebook. I don't have to clip anything. <laughs> She's not gonna listen 33 minutes in. Come on. Unless somebody who is watching the show, Doubting Thomas, tells her to listen to the show 33 Whoa! minutes in. Parenthetical. <laughs> Stop talking in parentheses. <laughs> oh god. All right, so I just I don't know I don't know what we're going to do with with the White Sox. I don't know if selling the team is going to be the the answer. I don't know yeah. if if what it's going to be. I don't even know how how to do it because I really don't. You don't have anything in the minor league system. You don't have anything in mm. right now in the major league system that you really can can move that you're going to get any pieces for. I mean, who are you getting pieces for at the trade deadline? Giolito, probably. Yeah, you'll probably get something for him. You could probably get something for Robert, but that's probably one of the pieces you want to build around. Yeah, I mean, I would say nobody's untouchable, but but uh, uh, Cease and Robert probably are untouchable. I mean... Geez. How about the kid that came into the game the other night and had a good game and then uh, when they asked if he was going to be in the lineup the next day, Pedro Grafal's answer was, we'll have to ask Tim. You got to ask Tim Anderson whether or not the kid gets to play tomorrow. Why couldn't he just have been a, a Derek Jeter? 
where you know just yeah. give them a gift basket afterwards don't give them a ring <laughs> are you excited about Derek jeter um joining the announced team everybody's going crazy Derek jeter will be a part of the announced team uh this weekend for the cub series in um in london i've seen uh i've seen him talk on interview i don't know how impressed i was yeah i've i'm not I don't know. And for me, like a rod to me was the worst <laughs> listening to a rod on the mic was absolutely atrocious. Here's the problem. You want, you want a mediocre player overachieved. Like that's why Steve stone's so good. Yeah. Totally overachieved. Want to sight young. Could you believe that? Yep. He barely had a fastball that year after he got hurt. Uh, or what if wanted. instead of having a, an athlete who's just there because of his name, how about somebody who actually enjoys being at the game? Yeah. Like, I would much rather listen to a guy like Bugshiambi, who's never played a game in his life, but you can genuinely tell how much he loves the game of baseball every time he announces. Watching that broadcast this weekend on Father's Day, on um on Peacock where it was Jim Palmer alongside Joe Girardi. Yeah. It was the the, the deadest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oof. It was so bad. It was tough. And and I just I don't I don't know. I I don't I I would rather instead of listening to former athletes. I I do like Steve Stone. Don't get me wrong. Not all former athletes are bad commentators. I'd rather listen to guys who actually enjoy the game. JD on, on the Cubs broadcast, and I, I, I hate to say this uh, about JD. I like him as a person. I just, mm-hmm. he's too much for me on the mic. He, the dad joke, the bad dad jokes, the the puns, the all the stuff that he tries to do that just, they, they're just not funny. I mean, how many times does, does Boog have to call him out on it before he just stops? <laughs> like, Boog calls him out on it all the time. He calls out Joe Girardi on it, too. He asked Joe Girardi, why does he always say things that old white people say? (laughs) (laughs) Live on the broadcast. That's not bad. So, like, that's the thing that I I like. I like guys who who genuinely genuinely like the game. But, hey, are you ready to give these people what they want? You know, Downing Thomas is only here for one reason. (laughs) And that's Fitz gibberish. All right, here we go, people. It's thanks for coming, my friends, first of all, but it's a diatribe, a conspiracy, and it's an island in the middle of some unapologetic and sometimes, usually, when I can't say the word Eli, inaccurate <laughs> sports talk. You've heard me blast Chicago sports on this show a few times. I was going to put your name in there, Combs, but. Didn't want to you. <laughs> the Oakland A's organization makes Chicago sports look innovative. If Chicago teams are the Wiley Coyote of American sports, the A's organization is Wiley's dropout brother, Riley Coyote, who still sleeps in their mother's basement, huffs permanent markers, watches old live performances of the band Creed, while he gets on his human costume to meet his fleshy girlfriend at a sex party called the Sputum Fest. <laughs> Last Tuesday, as we already talked about shortly after, we signed off the Oakland A's played still the lead leaguing Tampa Bay Rays in a game that should not have meant much. The A's would win the game, but their fans would, as we talked about, win the war. 
Here is just one clip from the broadcast when the A's pitcher could not even hear the clicks of the pitch cast in his ears. Stand in from Tampa Bay. Ray's trying to open the scoring, and uh, Hogan can't hear the pitch now because of the crowd. And now time has stopped. Things have gotten loud here. This is certainly a new experience in 2023 at the Coliseum. <laughs> a new experience. <laughs> Because there's a two thirds of a stadium there. Uh, <laughs> well, it happens. Yes, the A's fans planned to have a reverse boycott and attend this particular game, as we talked about, more than 8,000 a person, at a more than 8,000 a person clicked. And it worked beautifully, which hasn't happened on the fields for the A's much this year. They were chanting so loud that Hogan Harris, as you heard, couldn't hear the clicks in his ear. Well, needless to say, the clips went viral of this game. It's the most original promotion for Major League Baseball since the movie Major League, which was never real, actually. What was the plot line of Major League? Oh, yes. Owners, the owner trades away all our best players, replaces them with crap. And then hopes for her team to stink so much that she can move them to a better, and I did do air quotes, city and and fan, fan base. Up your butt, Jobu. Thank you. Clip from Major League Baseball. Making fun of a fictional religious character. The only thing that owner didn't have was the backing of the commissioner of baseball in the movie Major League. John Fisher, the A's owner, who looks like Jeff Bezos fucked sloth from Goonies, <laughs> does have Rob Manfred in his corner. It's a, it's a match made in hell. Rob, always happy to join in as the Shooter McGavin of sports commissioners, had this to say about the Oakland fans. Almost! an average major league baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's your commissioner of baseball shooter. Again, the worst former A's starter and white Sox prospect. Brandon McCarthy took to Twitter to say fucking pathetic. How is this not disqualifying this toad? Speaking of Manfred, is the steward of a glorious sport, dripping with history, and he feels entitled to mock fans who are making their voices heard as he sits by and caters to hiding billionaires. Why do we accept this in our culture? Culture. Hmm. Rob Manfred, the same guy who mocked the World Series trophy, the same guy who didn't put baseball highlights into, on social media until like five years after the NBA did, the same guy who blacks out games, the same guy who can't promote the MJ of motherfucking sports. Yeah, I said it, and I live in Chicago. Shohei Itani is the MJ of sports right now. American sports, I guess we can put in there. The guy who's first in home runs, first in RBIs, 13th in average. And oh, yeah, he pitches and he's first in strikeouts, too, and 22nd in ERA. A while ago, I shared a story about how I fell in love with sports, courtesy of one of the only TVs I had in our house at the time. 
The average household can have 10 screens easy right now. I'm sure Combs household with his hundred kids has about 300 screens. Do you think (laughs) that kids are going to watch this product, Rob Manfred? Do you think that kids are going to want to want to keep watching this product when you have no idea how to promote it in this day and age when Jeremiah Murray in central Indiana can't even watch a goddamn White Sox baseball game because it's blacked out do you think people are going to keep watching this and i'll tell you what i said over a month ago when i did have that fitz gibberish they aren't going to watch these teams not with the owners that you are backing right now they're not going to watch these teams not with the jerry ryan stores of the league where you have half a fan base having banners all over the city asking him to sell the team no and that my friends is fitz gibberish <laughs> Uh, Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in all sports. I'm going to have to say he's terrible. I used to say Batman, but he is just, he's a clown, uh, plain and simple. And, and as much as I thrive to work in major league baseball, and as much as I would love to, to earn a living working in this game that I love so much, Rob Manfred is a clown. He's a joke. And, and he's going to continue to be a joke because he keeps saying stupid shit like this. Like, is he going to do the same thing to the White Sox? I mean, I I don't know. Is he going to throw him under the bus? White Sox fans under the bus then when we get pissed off when a new ownership tries to maybe kill this team and then just move it out? I mean, he he's just he is he. You know what? He is Jerry Reinsdorf's favorite guy he's a yes man mm-hmm. if, if he left as commissioner i'm 110 percent certain that he would be the next manager of the chicago white Sox. <laughs> <laughs> because jerry would love to have this guy running his team <laughs> yeah so like i just i can't with with this guy anymore like i I just can't you know sometimes sometimes you don't want to say stuff you don't want to say bad stuff about people i hate saying that you know you know athletes suck because any athlete that is on a a pro roster is is closer to being babe ruth than we are to being them um and so i don't i i don't like it but this guy should not be in this position he's a clown Absolutely. He's an absolute clown. And I think the most telling uh, with Brandon McCarthy, like pretty decent prospect with the Sox. Sox traded him away. I forgot where they got from him. It was, it was a pretty even trade. Uh, he hadn't started a lot, and he didn't do great for the A's, was out of the league, came back in the league because he loved the sport so much. He learned a different way to throw the ball, and just a great story. He said, hiding billionaires. And that was something I referenced, you know, a couple months ago. We've talked about it before. These billionaires who try to show their 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 balance sheets that they lost, which I don't believe. I mean, the Sox. I I think I can look it up, and Jeremiah disagrees with me. They were about 14th or 15th in 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 uh, attendance last year. Now they're like 25th, maybe even maybe even lower at this point. You're making money if you're if you're there. You have 81 home games. I mean, don't tell me you're not. You made it to the playoffs two years in a row. Yeah, you didn't get the crowd money in 2020, but you definitely got the TV money. Right. You definitely got the TV money in 2021, and they were that 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 crowd was packed for at least half the season in 2021. I know that because I tried to go to a few games and it sucked. 
But I mean, it's these hiding billionaires. He, it was very telling. That was a very telling statement. He used those words on purpose. Uh, it's just ridiculous. I'm now following Ryan McCarthy. Maybe we can get him on the show. Aubrey and I went last year to a Sox game in, it was late May. We sat nine rows behind home plate for 20 bucks a pop. It's not bad. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's how bad this this team has become that's how much yeah. people don't want to go you're, yeah. you you should not be able to find a ticket like that that close for that price not in today's world anyway no, no i mean not with a not with a team but you know when you can find things on StubHub now when a team gets bad but i, I get what you're saying yeah i mean they've just been terrible and it's not like they went from a team in 2020 that you rooted for that you wanted to root for a lot of the players you wanted to see do well Tim Anderson you wanted to see do well and to a team where like it's hard to find a player that you can really root for on this team maybe Berger and then you hide him in the A spot he's the guy you could root for you know maybe Dylan Cease even Giolito in a way even though he sucked last year uh you know it was a good story because he was the worst pitcher in baseball to one of the better pitchers in baseball uh for a few years but yeah, this is not a team where you got a lot of guys that you want to root for. This kind of reminds me of the 2006, 2007, 2008 maybe Cubs. If you remember those teams, who were just assholes. The you know part of those teams that kicked uh, Steve Stone out of out of the announcers booth. I think that was more 2005, but or like the late 90s, early 2000s Blackhawks, like we were talking yeah, about. Could be a bunch of guys you don't really like on a team you don't even really want to root for um yeah yeah and that's i mean they it, it it's so bad especially in oakland like i did that yeah. team i feel sorry for the fans you know yeah and, and they're gonna move to vegas and what it's the same owner it's not like a new ownership group is taking this team to vegas it's the same damn owner what's he going to do yeah and, and it's like you, you have no sense uh, uh of like passion or anything for, for baseball if you make that comment like manfred said you have no passion because this does not happen in any other sport first of all no one really cares who uh, what the bulls are drawing no one should really it cares should an owner drawing no one really cares what the fucking name a team in football baseball Somehow fans care about what 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 they're who they're drawing, and the owners happen to care because the owners have put it into fans' minds and marketed it out there in fans' minds that oh yeah, if you don't draw enough fans, you know maybe we'll have to move, or oh if you don't draw enough fans, we're not going to buy any players, and it's a bunch of fucking bullshit because these teams Shh. make money hands over fist. Should it be a prerequisite if an owner wants to move a team that they have to sell? You should not be able to take a team that you are running poorly in one place and move them to another place to try to make more money, especially when the fans show that they'll come. If you put a product on the field, they'll come. If you, if you give them a ballpark, that's worth freaking coming to. I found, I found a tweet from 2014 or actually no 2009. It was of a player saying how bad the ballpark was. And he said, enough is enough. It's time that we get a new ballpark in Oakland. That was 14 years ago. And it's just unbelievable the way 
I don't know, these teams that are not in better areas and the fan bases, how they're treated. I mean, don't tell me that isn't a dog whistle. I mean, yeah. it, is. it is. I mean, uh, I'm sorry to say it, but Oakland is predominantly black, predominantly poor. It is. Yeah. But and it's uh, crime riddled. Yeah, kind of like the south side I mean, of Chicago. Instead of trying to be, uh, you know, instead of trying to pull those people up or that community up or do something about it, we'd rather move to Sin City. I mean, I just, where's the D- honor anymore? Doubting Thomas says, I'm staying up for the Justin Fields handies. We're going to get to Justin Fields in a minute, but I, I want to ask you one more thing. Are you worried or are you afraid that if Reinsdorf does sell this team, that they will no longer be on the south side of Chicago? Yeah. I mean, why that that was always that has always been the worry, I, I think. But now it's even more. I mean, you know how it, it is in Chicago right now. It would be an easy move to Nashville. I mean, I have people I work with who work downtown and like live in like uh, um, Lincoln Park who are scared of walking home. Yeah. When has that ever been a thing? Uh, they, you know, they they live right by Fulton Market. They're they're living Old Town and they're scared of walking. I mean, and that's all north of the city. What's I Nashville? Know. A five hour drive? I mean, they, that's that's probably the most likely place if somebody is going to move the White Sox. It's probably the next place to get a team is going to be Nashville. With their with their forty dollar beers. Forty dollar I'm sorry, forty dollar buckets of beers that they have right now. It's just the apathy that comes with it, I think. I think it's like you said, you know, I, I don't think he doesn't care that they're not winning. I mean, I, I do think it affects him in some way, Jerry Ransford, but I don't think he'd care if he's 95 and the Sox are somewhere else. I don't think he would care about that. I don't think he cares about the people of the South side or the people of this town who actually care about this team and grew up on this team and agreed, you know, watch it with their parents or whatever the hell happens, or even all the people that work all around the stadium and all the, the money that that stadium still does bring to people. I mean, we're talking thousands of people. I don't think he cares about any of that. I don't think he cares about any of that. And probably he's pissed that not a lot of, enough fans come to the games. Oh, I have to deal with this crap. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. So you want to get into the Chicago Bears? Justin Fields, Doubting Thomas, as he's staying up for the handies. Reset. I think he might be surprised. So I don't know if anybody knows who this is, but Pete Prisco who is a uh, NFL writer, has been for over 30 years, uh, now also is a writer for the Jacksonville Jaguars, came out with his top 100 players list. And this is the list that CBS uses every year. His name is Pete Prisco. And let's go through this list real quick a little bit before we get to... Justin Fields. So number one, two, and three are all quarterbacks. You got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. I don't really have a problem there. I really don't. I flip flop Joe Burrow with with uh, Josh. I would too. I would too, and I I would almost put Joe Burrow at one. Almost. I would think about it. Um, but then you got Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald, and Trent Williams are all in the top ten. 
Where it got interesting for me was when I scrolled down this list a little bit further, there are no more quarterbacks until you get to number 22, and that's Justin Herbert. Not a problem there. I like Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good quarterback. Following Justin Herbert at number 23 is Trevor Lawrence. Crazy. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence at number 23, which means that he is ahead of guys who are also on this list, like Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts. Wow. Jalen Hurts, who was in the Super Bowl last year. Jalen Hurts, who you could probably make an argument, should be ahead of Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. What the? Well, he's from Jacksonville. But still, I mean, like if you're trying to make this list, you're you're you know, you, you want to have some some sort of credibility. Um, but to have him down and to have him below Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence is is insane to me. Yeah, I don't get I, it. I'm okay with Trevor uh Justin Herbert and and um, Jalen Hurts, if they're ahead of Aaron Rodgers, I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, I I I did not have that. Then you have Lamar Jackson at 35 is the next quarterback after them, and then you don't get another quarterback until you get to number 78, and at number 78 is our guy Justin Fields. Hey, fucking minute. <laughs> so I want your thoughts before I give you my thoughts. What are your thoughts on Justin Fields being at number 78, which means he's ahead of guys. He's ahead of Dak Prescott. He's ahead of Tua Tagovailoa. He's ahead of Kirk Cousins. And you have him even ahead of Kyler Murray. No. Just no. I mean, I... I... I, I, it's just not right now. I mean, I, after the season, do I think so? Yes. Uh, you know, I think Jack Prescott's had some good games. I think he throws a good ball, makes sometimes makes division, decisions quickly. I don't think he's the reason why you win a Super Bowl. You know, I, can I be proven wrong? Yeah, but right now he's better. He's better than Justin Fields um, for right now. Uh, I think this. Come on, Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk Cousins. Oh no, who were you talking about? Sorry, I was talking about Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah. Dak Prescott is is better. had a rough season last year. He did. He did. Not against the Bears, but he did have a rough season last year. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, but I'm not bringing him down below Justin Fields. I mean, we do this all the time in sports with these. I mean, if he's predicting that he's going to be better this season, okay, maybe. I've been saying his value is better because he's on a rookie contract. Maybe, but if we're just talking about playing football, no way he's ahead of Dak Prescott, and he's not ahead of Kirk Cousins, even though that makes me feel sick inside. His reasoning under Justin Fields, he gives reasonings for each guy. He says he showed off some amazing talent in a bad offense last season. His ability to run was special, rushing for 1,143 yards. But now with more help around him, passing ability should show big-time growth. I would think. Now, Downing yeah, Thomas doesn't count rushing, though. If you're if you rush as a quarterback, none of those yards count. None of those touchdowns count. Well, that's stupid because 
I mean, it it does count. I mean, it's a big part of of why you know. Yeah, you look at. I mean, if you're telling me that they win this, the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl Super Bowl without Patrick Mahomes' ability to rush the ball, you're fooling yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, I am not okay with this with him being up there yet. And same reasons you said. If you're talking about a prediction, sure. If you're saying, hey, because I, I'm with you there. I believe he's going to be a top five quarterback before it's all said and done within the next, if it's not this year, at least by the end of next year, he will be in the top five. Yeah. He will be talked about as an MVP candidate in the next two years. I, I completely believe all of that. But he is right now, he is not better than Dak Prescott. He is not better than Kirk Cousins, even. I'll give you Tua because of Tua's. I, I, I'm not a big Tua guy. I haven't been a Tua guy since before he came out of college. I thought he was going to be a bust straight out of college. I didn't. I think he's too small. I don't think he compete in this league. And now with the with the, you know, not only the hip injury that he suffered in college, the Bo Jackson hip injury at that, but. He, I just, I don't know. I'm just not a believer. I, I think that he's in a good situation right now with the receiving core, but I, I just, I would, I would take Justin Fields over Tua, and I would probably take him over Kyler Murray. I'm okay with him over Kyler Murray. Yeah, right and Tua. He played against Tua, and uh, I mean, they almost beat Miami. And if, if Justin Fields is on Miami, even I think McDaniel's the the coach of Miami would agree. Miami wins that game by twenty five points. I mean, uh, in that in that Miami game, which was a great game, I'm not taking. Well, I am taking stuff away from two, I guess, but he's definitely better than those guys. He might even be. I, I'm not even totally sold on Justin Herbert. How do you lose that game that that high up? I don't care what your coach is what your team is. I don't know how as a quarterback you let yourself lose that game to Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how you put Trevor Lawrence 23. That's ridiculous. But uh it's you know, not ridiculous if you have those other guys ahead of him higher than 23, but it's it's ridiculous when you have him ahead of Aaron Rodgers, you have him ahead of Lamar Jackson and, and you you have him um ahead of uh you know, other guys that are just, I'm sorry, but look, Trevor Lawrence had a nice second half last year, but you got to remember too, he also set the rookie record for interceptions the year before. Yeah. He is not a top 23. And and I don't put Justin, you don't keep Dak Prescott out of the top 100. You don't keep, Kirk Cousins puts up top 10 quarterback numbers every single year. And do I believe he's ever going to win a Super Bowl? No, I do not. But he puts up top 10 quarterback numbers every single year. And that is something that Justin Fields just hasn't done yet. Do I think he's going to do it? Yes. I and I, I listen to all of the detractors, and I've you know I've actually heard a lot of detractors this week. Even had a face, uh, a, sorry, a TikTok video sent to me of a guy completely trashing Justin Fields, saying he's a dog shit quarterback, and now how you know he's not. Why is there hype around Justin Fields? He's not going to be good, and blah blah blah. And, and I think what what goes into it, and you even have people here in Chicago on the radio talking about, you know, they're they're not there yet. They're not going to be a better team than they were last year just yet because they're not ready to be. And I disagree because I don't think people are taking into account that Chase Claypool is going to be better. And the reason why Chase Claypool is going to be better is because he's not going to be your number one receiver drawing the number one cornerback from yep. the other team. Contract here. 
Darnell Mooney is going to be better because he's going to be your slot guy, not drawing the number one cornerback from the other team. Cole Komet is going to be better because you're not going to be able to double team him as much as you want to double team a big tight end like that, which means that your offensive line is going to play better because you have more options to throw the ball to, which means your numbers are going to be better because you have more options to throw the ball to. And oh, by the way, you were still the top running offense in the league last year. So yes, do I believe the Bears are going to be infinitely better? I do. I'm on record. I've said it, and I said it before. The guy on NFL Network said it. 14 wins. <laughs> I I had the Bears at somewhere at 11 or 12 wins. And I don't think they win any less than 10. I really don't. And I think they're going to be infinitely better. I think they're probably going to compete or maybe even win this division. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender this year. I don't think that they are world beaters. I do believe Justin Fields is going to... He got one MVP vote last year. So, yes, I think he's going to get more MVP votes this year. I think he's going to be in the conversation. I think you're going to see good things. However... That's a prediction for the future. Yeah. He has done nothing to this point. The things I see make me think that he's going to be good. Nothing that I've seen so far tells me he's a top 100 player in the NFL. Nothing that I've seen so far tells me that he's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Nothing tells me he's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. He has the ability to be but he is not yet. So to have him, that MVP vote was from Combs as Dowling Zamas. <laughs> it, it was not the MVP votes over here. Gotta it was MVP vote. Freaking strike up the band. It was not from me, but I do believe that he's going to be better. I just, to have him in the top 100 and have him over those guys, those two guys specifically, I, I think is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a stretch. Uh, but like, I mean, I, I just think some of the detractors from Justin Fields, I mean, and, and they could get pissed at me if they want, just did not see the four seventeen games, or didn't even watch, you know, yes. some of the end zone, uh, some of the end zone, and see his reads that he took from from the end zone camera after the games. I mean, I watched a few. Yeah, should I watch more? Probably. I have a sports talk show for Chicago, but I did see those, and he did make three, three, four reads pretty quickly in a lot of those games in situations where some guys might have folded. He didn't. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I saw that he could play. A, he could be a pocket. Pass. He made some really I'm bad watching. reads too, like that oh, time where yeah. where the yeah. entire defense went out and he had no and he threw the interception against the Detroit Lions. Like that was a really bad look. Yeah. But when you're only looking at the four bad looks that he had all year, sure you can you want to show those on highlights, sure you can make a case. But I can also make a I can make more of a case by showing more of highlights of him running the ball, of him making good reads, of him making good passes that get dropped by wide receivers. Like I could make a bigger case for him to be better than I can for him to be bad. There was a lot of drops. A lot of drops, and they probably have the third or fourth pick in the draft. If there's like two or three drops that don't happen, especially the Mooney half drop catch uh, against the Commanders, 
you know, in the beginning of that season when the offense was really bad. I mean, they went the on missed the pass interference call on Chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah. That cost us a game. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't. Do I think he's 78th right now? No. Do I think after the season he will be at F, F? There's average churn on the offensive side, meaning there's, you know, a couple guys that only play 10, 12 games, but they're moderately healthy. I, I still think this is one of the top 10 offenses in the league. I, I don't see how it's not. So the bears um, came out today and said that they're still looking for a defensive end help. Are I, I still don't get it. I still don't get why Yannick Ngakwe is in here yet. Makes the most sense. You know, the again, familiar with the defense, familiar with the head coach. Makes a ton of sense. Maybe they are going to get it. Maybe they're in talks. But um, when they asked Iberflus today about it, he said, I know we are actively seeking another defensive end. We are seeking edge rushing help. That's a good sign. That's maybe a good sign. Maybe the familiarity is why he hasn't been signed yet. Maybe Fluss knows something. Maybe the Ace Hardware repairman knows something <laughs> that we don't. I mean, you never know uh, if they're closer to it. But or maybe they're trying to shave another couple million off. You know, Poles has done that before. You know, moving <laughs> players around, not having David Montgomery, Jeremiah Murray. If you can't win with Dante Pettis, you can't win with anyone. Unbelievable. He missed a lot of catches. He's all good. Then we had a kick returner in Vila's Jones that couldn't catch the ball on a kickoff. Punts, too. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was tough. Missed that punt. I forget against in what game. Could have been one of the Detroit games, but yeah, I missed that. Yeah, and you know, he came on a little bit at the end of the year. You know, maybe maybe he's something. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he's a little bit of a gadget wide receiver. I mean, but and you had EQ. Yeah. St. Brown missed a lot of big catches, but you know that was last year. They got the first pick. They traded away, and and really, I mean, there there was no reason to to panic and say Justin Fields wasn't your guy. They did exactly what I thought they should do. Uh, you know, if he's not your guy, you got two first round picks next year. Let's hope yeah. it, because then you have two first round picks next year and two second round picks, by the way, too. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you're probably going to have a top three pick. I mean, Carolina is not going to be very good. Um, so you're going to have a chance to go out and get another wide receiver too at that because you're going to get uh, Marvis, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be available. So and one of those second round picks could be a guy in the middle of the season. Maybe that's what you wait for. You just put a band aid on the defensive end. Now you get a pretty decent defensive end for a second round pick and maybe just a third round pick. Yeah, you know, or or you get a you get a you know close to a stud for a second round pick. Right. So I I don't as I'm watching this I get a little distracted there to play at the plate in the Cubs game uh, that they're reviewing right now. But uh, Cubs are up three nothing in the top of the eighth. Cubby. Oh, you're just you're just upset because I'm watching a baseball team in Chicago win. Sox up two one. <laughs> so we talked about the Bears. 
let's talk a little bit about the Blackhawks before we get to the the news of the world and get out of here. Um, but the Blackhawks have the most cap space in the NHL this year, much like the Bears did. And it's $37 million, which when you say that number, it's like, wow, that's really tiny. In uh, hockey dollars, that's like probably $200 million in cap space in baseball. That's It's a ton of money in hockey. Um, Going to get Connor Bedard with the number one overall pick. Have some room to move. A lot of guys, I'm hearing a lot of chatter about a lot of guys that are on teams that needed salary dump that the Blackhawks are favorited to get. Um, what would what would you think about the Blackhawks being a contender next year? You you think it's out of the realm of possibility, or you think it's a definite, definitely going to happen? Because I think I, it's definitely going to happen. You think it's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah, they got too much money. They're going to get Connor Bedard. Um, I think they're going to play as he starts. Yeah, and I believe that they're going to spend some of that money to bring Patrick Kane and to mentor him on how to be a young player in the NHL. Hopefully he doesn't teach him how to punch cab drivers. Yeah, I thought you Um, said D-mentor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would – I I think that you're – they get Patrick Kane back. They signed him to a deal um, for two, maybe three years um, until he's ready to retire. And you get Connor Bedard, and you get a couple of these guys. I, th- I think they're going to be a back to a team that is going to fill the stadium, and the stadium is going to be rocking again. And they're going to be in the playoffs again. I think they're they're going to be one of those worst of first type teams. Um, no, I just think hockey is a sport kind of, and you a little bit akin to baseball, where it just takes, it just takes so fucking long. I just think it's going to be three, at least three years, two years, maybe if they get lucky, you know, get a couple more of these picks like really hit. And maybe you get a guy who's a little bit older, like Sharpie was uh, back in the day um, when Sharp played really well uh, for the Hawks. And somehow you got a gift in Hosa who was ridiculous. Maybe it comes together like that. If it, you know, and, and that doesn't always happen. I, I just think it's there's just there's just a longer runway in hockey, at least from what I've seen with teams and, and growing teams. Well, you look like you have the Seattle Kraken. I mean, look at the Seattle Kraken. They they were expansion team in the playoffs, one of the best teams in the league this year. Um, you look at teams like the the Florida Panthers, who were the eight seed, who went to the Stanley Cup Finals. What do these expansion teams get in hockey? Yeah, except for pie in the high, you know, pie in the sky stuff. I, I don't. I just don't see it happening. I mean, uh, and and what are these expansion teams getting in hockey? You got Las Vegas. Well, that's what I'm you saying. But these these are that. expansion teams that that are are good. The Vegas Knights have gone to the Stanley Cup Finals twice in their first six years. They won one. Clamoring for the for hockey to expand, but anyway, <laughs> who's clamoring for a team in Las Vegas? But I mean, what are they getting that, that they're all so good? Yeah, you know, hockey it can be a, a bit of a crapshoot, kind of like uh, uh, baseball is, to where if you get in, yeah, you know, anything can happen. The ball bounces weird, the puck bounces weird. But if that's what you're wishing for, I, I don't know if you can point to those examples and say, yeah, that's that's how that's the blueprint for a winner. 
So you agree with Jeremiah Murray, who says that's some mighty fine Kool-Aid you've got there, Combs. Yes. Yeah. I just I do. I, I'm I'm really so I don't know how deep you are into hockey, how big of a fan you are. I don't know how big of a fan you are, Jeremiah. Um, but I, I've read a lot of things. I've read, you know, there's a there's a couple of Euler forwards that are out there. The Oilers are looking to um dump some salary cap because they are in salary cap hell right now um you look at uh guy like i said the rangers have already said they're not bringing back patrick kane patrick kane is now a free agent you can go get patrick kane back you can you can really build this team really quick and you already had some good you already had some good pieces on this team this is a team that if you remember was accidentally winning games last year they were trying to lose and in the last game of the season when they were trying to secure the most they won a game convincingly at that and that game was against the seattle kraken they are winning games against good teams they had already a little bit of hope a little bit of pieces to build around then you get connor bedard who swept all the awards yeah, in canada this year right away as he comes into the nhl why not I mean, patrick kane did it right away Jonathan Taves did yeah, it right away. They were they were very good when they so started. So Connor Bedard has talked really about good. it being being the, the next Sidney Crosby. I'm still a no. Okay. I'm still a no. We're we're gonna see. It. I'll try to see what you see, but I'm, I'm I also saw that the White Sox are gonna win 95 games, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you want to get into the news before we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. I got two stories. All right. So the first story here comes out of New England. New England Patriots player was arrested Friday after police alleged he attempted to bring two guns onto a flight out of Boston Logan International Airport. Jackie K. Jones, known as Jack Jones, they took him into custody. The weapons were allegedly found in his carry-on luggage. Boy. Do I even want to do this? <laughs> you do. Because, guess what? He has pled not guilty. And these loaded guns that were found in his luggage as I'm trying to pull up the story here because I lost it. They, so they, they pull the, the loaded weapons out of his luggage. Yeah. And he pleads not guilty. And when he pleads not guilty, his lawyer says this, he had no intention of bringing any guns into Logan airport that day. He had no intention of bringing any guns onto an airplane that day. I expect the evidence is going to show that he had no knowledge of what was going on in his carry-on luggage. It's the social media and the media who have turned him into a thug, have labeled him a thug with no evidence whatsoever. Because he's a young black man, all of a sudden he's a thug. That's what happened here. It's disrespectful to Mr. Jones and every other black man in America. This is the institutional racism we deal with every day in the court system. That label was attached to him through social media and almost got him fired, and it was completely unfounded. Crazy. <laughs> what the? It was in his carry-on yeah. luggage. How many times? Look. 
Okay, because it's gonna it's, it's gonna get me going because of, of how they went about that and how all of a sudden this is going to turn into a story that is about race. How many times have you gone onto a flight? You just got back from South Carolina. You took yeah. a plane there, correct? Yep. Did you know that heading into the airport, you were going to have to go through security? Yes, I did. Did you know that it would be illegal and that you would probably be arrested had you put any weapons in your carry-on luggage? Does this include dildos? No. Obviously, I didn't. I mean, this is just insane. The entitlement in this country, though. (laughs) not, Not even race. I mean, no one's responsible for anything they do anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't understand. Like, well, he had no knowledge of what was going on that day. He, it's his carry-on luggage. It's not like it's his It's a suitcase that was underneath the plane and maybe somebody put it in. His carry-on bag that he capes with him and is carrying through on his back. What? Where was this lawyer when Tim Anderson got outed on Twitter? The entire White Sox season could have gone differently. I I believe this is the guy that was on O.J. Simpson's case. Might be the same guy. Well, one of the same guys. I know one of them's dead. But I don't understand why in today's world... We want to make things, everything's got to be, you got to play a card. And I I, I said this last week. I said, look, we're, we're getting into election year. The races are going to be run. And now all of a sudden we're going to find this again. You don't forget that you have a gun in your carry on luggage loaded at that. And then get to say, I had no idea. I didn't know. And then get to say that we're labeling you because you're black. No, we're labeling you because you were stupid enough to bring guns loaded in your carry-on luggage. I didn't know my penis could get her pregnant. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I like, I don't, I just, I I don't care. Has to say something. I mean, what else are you going to say? Why be not guilty? I mean, probably get a lower sentence shanna welcome to the show shanna she says people forget to leave their guns at home before they go to an airport in tennessee hey i don't know what the culture is like there they wouldn't let blackhawks fans and games down there i mean that's true it's true we're gonna get to find out whether or not they let a uh, chicago fans into white Sox games when they moved there too unbelievable all right your turn what's your story all right. Have you heard of this continuing story of the missing Titanic submarine? Have you have you heard of this? I I heard uh, bits and pieces of it, and I've got a lot of questions. What the fuck? I have all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on in this country? There's a submersible. There's a submersible. Yep. Vehicle that has vanished. It was going to go. It was a bunch of rich people going down to see Titanic. Mm-hmm. Not not the three and a half hour sleeper. On a homemade craft, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. It's basically a home, homemade gra- craft. Uh, and we're not talking about the movie. <laughs> I believe it had a Punisher logo on one of the windows. Are you serious? No. I'm a mess. <laughs> well, I could believe that. 
date they have not been found. This submersible vehicle has no, uh, it has a couple windows, but it has no doors on it. They seal it up before they put it down there. No, nobody, nobody's turned on their iPhone since they went down. Take pictures. <laughs> I mean, while it's with they, they can't really, once you're down that far, I guess you can't, you can't get GPS. You can't do a lot of things once you're well, that. Yeah, far. you're going to the ocean floor. It had 96 hours of oxygen. I'd want more oxygen. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and it's in a remote area, and it's a challenge to conduct a search of that remote area. And there's rich people going into this thing. Like, where, where is there's still a fascination with the Titanic? Do you know we have cruise liners that are 10 times the size right now? What is the fascination? I don't get it. I could see if you were going down to see like a rare squid or, you know, the last living like octopus of this, and it changes colors, which a lot of octopus do anyway. But I could see if you were going down there to see that, but you're going down there to see the Titanic. Like, what is wrong with this fucking country? What kind of dripping nostalgia do we have that we have to go down to rich see people, man? Rich fucking white people. This is a rich white people thing. Now look, if we if we ever make it on this show, which I I believe that at some point we will be heard all around the city. I, I really believe that. I, th- I think we've got something good here, and we make a bunch of money. And I say, hey. Uh, right, come come by the house. Uh, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to throw some steaks on the grill. We're going to talk. And you come over to my house, and I pop open a beer, and I'm like, hey, Rye, I made this submarine. <laughs> Do you want to go for a ride? You want to go see Titanic? <laughs> You're going to say no, right? Hell no. I mean, have you, have you now watched what happens to to freaking, like, in these movies? Like, like I... you know why you can't find them? Because they got eaten by a Meg. There's a Meg down at the ocean floor that ate this thing. A Megalodon? Yeah. I mean, there's no GPS. There was a single oh, response. Maybe it's not a rich white person thing. He says... It's an experimental submersible vessel that has not been approved or certified by any regulatory body. What else did he say? This Pogue, this this reporter from CBS. I couldn't no no help noticing how many pieces of the sub seemed improvised. Pogue said showing viewers what he described as a small sort of toilet. <laughs> and then OceanGate CEO Stockton Rush showed Pogue a video game controller. And what? And said. It was used to run the whole thing. Shanna says the rich person I'm missing is from Pakistan, so I stand corrected. It's not a rich white person thing. It's a rich Pakistani thing. There's rich people all over the world. Jeremiah wants to know if there's a child molestation island down there. (laughs) I Look, (laughs) Jeremiah says, can we go watch the Hawks win the cup in Combs' handmade vessel? (laughs) (laughs) I How look long it's gonna be till they win. I I would I I would not have gone for one for two. You made this thing. How did you not put a tracker on it? Like, how is there not a beacon? Yeah, I mean like something that flashes or beeps or or something when when you're I mean, like this wasn't a naval ship. This wasn't this wasn't a a you know you're not from like I'm trying to think like like the Coast Guard you're 
like you were just a rich person who like threw some plexiglass on some steel, riveted it up and said, Hey, um, let's go down there. Shanna says it's probably a circle jerk down there. What else are you going to do? I hate to get back on the subject. <laughs> what else are you going to do? You got 40 hours left. They had 40 hours left. I think it was this morning. To live. They have no hours left. Want to take up too much they, air. Though. They went down. The thing collapsed. They all drowned. The guy made it in his backyard. <laughs> He's got a, a PlayStation Five remote was controlling the thing. You know how many times I die using my PlayStation remote when I play games all the time, and that's fake. These guys did it in real life. This is like the they're dead of us. They're dead. I mean, look, I I hate to say it, and I'm sorry that people lost their lives, but they were stupid. I don't know how many people went down there. I don't know how many people. There's 36 hours left. How many people were in this ship? Uh, Five. Five. Five idiots got drunk. One's a a father and a son. They they ate some caviar, got drunk. Yeah, I mean, and decided, hey, you know what? We've got a lot of money. Let's go down and see what's at the bottom of the ocean. Maybe we can find the Titanic. And instead, you found a megalodon that swallowed you whole. And we're all wondering where you're at. They said that there was things where they could like push something. Well, I guess. Did they send a search team down? How did they know that these people went? If they're not on the continental shelf. There's five, Shannon says. If they're not on the continental shelf and they go way down, like there's only a certain amount of vehicles on the planet that can go down there. And obviously they don't it doesn't sound like they have many contingency plans, but there is a way where they could like put a buoy out into the water or something like that and and come up if they did go down. But if they go farther enough down, that's it, you're done. Like there's nobody that a diver couldn't get down there and well, and the pressure like, too. Like, where's James Cameron? <laughs> Like, I don't... How did they know that these people went? That's the other thing. Were there other people at the party that were, like, putting these guys on a send-off? They're like, yeah, guys, go! Go! Like, was was it, like, a whole bunch of rich people? Like, you know how we we go to a party and somebody starts drinking we start chanting chug? Were they like, go, go, go? (laughs) This is just... This is just... uh, Honestly, this is just to put on social media for these people and to say they did it. Hey, uh, tell the story. I saw the Titanic. All right. Well, yeah, those yeah, people are dumb anymore. This country, They're dumb. I don't know. Sometimes. Well, speaking of this country, <laughs> have you heard any more of the Zion Williamson stuff yet? No, I have not. I'm so last night, Zion Williamson's porn star mistress mm. went on a tangent and ended up getting her Twitter account deleted and suspended. Oh, boy. That still happens. Yeah. So here's what happened. The ex porn star, which I, Mariah Mills, her account has been deactivated after sending out tweets where she claims, while threatening to sue Zion Williamson for damages he has caused to her life, says the NBA. 
I have sex tapes of me and Zion Williamson, and he also has them on his trap phone at NBA, at Pelicans NBA. Trade him now. He doesn't deserve to be in New Orleans. So apparently she believes how that she controls the NBA trade portal now. Um, sex tapes dropping soon, she wrote. Zion can't win a case against me. I have physical proof that he sent people to threaten me, and he knows this as well. At Zion Williamson, I'm taking you to court for all the damages you have caused in my life. I don't love anyone. I genuinely loved you, at Zion Williamson. All you care about is saving face to the media. You don't care about feelings, she wrote in a separate tweet. Started off as a sneaky link, but we fell in love, at Zion Williamson. I always said a baby is a deal breaker for me. Haven't slept in days, emotionally distressed. You hurt me big time, not even going to front. Eventually, we became more until this mysterious pregnancy, this mysterious pregnancy. I'm fucked up bad wow. about this bay. ONG, I can't do this. I kept quiet for a year, Zion. Everyone was wondering, was I always why was I always in New Orleans and knew I wasn't with anyone regular? A guy friend of mine told me you was showing girls you fly out the tapes we have together on your trap phone, and I told him I didn't know you, and that's a lie. Now I know he wasn't lying since this fiasco. I'm hurt. Why are you showing other bitches we fuck? You're a pig. As soon as I put this hot poker in my ass, I'm going to chop my dick off. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite comedian, by the way. I He would have been better doing that, I think. (laughs) First of all, she said... I have proof, and he's even got the tapes on his trap phone. You know what a trap phone is, by the way? I know you're old. Cricket? No. A trap phone is a phone that you give to your side piece. Yeah, like a, a separate yeah, number. Like yeah, like a cricket. Yeah. Phone. yeah. Yep. And uh, you don't gain a lot for it. Yep. It's not really a number that people can find who has it. Doesn't it? They, 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 I don't even think they let you find out what cell towers it's hitting. Doubting Thomas says, I got those same texts from a Monk Greenwood girl once upon a time. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Jeremiah Murray says, will he be eating pie during sex? <laughs> well, let, how does this girl think, for one, she demands that the Pelicans trade him? Like... For, it's not it's not gonna happen especially now with all this stuff surrounding him nobody's going to touch him right now he can't stay healthy and he's going to be a media nightmare it's it's not a good case for him to be traded so is Zion Williamson going to get out of this no <laughs> like this is going to be bad. Give Tim Anderson a call and get a sense of warning. <laughs> like, don't let it ruin your career. Just mm. another situation. That's just. I mean, Jesus Christ! Did any of these guys watch the news? <laughs> As he shows a photo of Tiger Woods. His mug shot, by the way, when he was on Vicodin and Xanax and whatever the hell else. And he oh, my car. God. It was so bad. 
It was so bad. And I don't I don't know where Zion's gonna go. I don't know what he's going to do. Um but he I mean that was that was a hell of a rant. And I mean she kind of aired it all out. And I know Zion's got a woman who's pregnant on the you know, whatever it's 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 his girlfriend, fiance, whatever the case is. And this porn star now has sex tapes that she's about to leak and your life is pretty much over and you can't stay healthy enough to, to do your job well and, and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, but anyway, guys, this has been Windy City Sports Talk. If you miss any part of today's live broadcast, you can now catch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click the like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Go ahead and rate us if they allow you to rate us. Let us know what you're thinking. If you have any questions that you want us to answer, if you have any feedback for us or anything you want us to talk about, you can reach us at Combs and Fits, all one word spelled out, Combs and Fits at gmail.com. Fitzy, you ready to get out of here? Hell yeah, I love email. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night, guys. All right.